This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, when Confederate soldiers came to Chicago, they did so as prisoners. Camp Douglas housed thousands of Union Army prisoners of war, and the camp had its share of controversy. This is The Backstory. To bring the past to the present, curators are anxious to preserve homes, battlefields, and fighter jets. But it is not unusual for a dark chapter of history to be seemingly erased. You can find Camp Douglas in a history book, but when you drive by the site today, there's no reminder because it's a chapter of history that casts the victors in a horrible light. The story is not lost, it's just hidden. After the Battle of Fort Sumter, President Lincoln needs states to train volunteers in places like Camp Douglas, notorious for how prisoners are treated. Some of them froze to death. One of the soldiers who tried to eat snow because there was no clean water was shot. The camp is named for the man who owns much of the land here. Senator Stephen Douglas of the famed Lincoln-Douglas debates. Here is a map of the camp. Cottage Grove is on the east, 31st is on the north border, 33rd is the border on the south, and Forest Ave on the west. You would never know it today. This is where the entrance to Camp Douglas would be on the east side of the camp. There's a park here with a basketball court, some condo buildings. If you went to the south side of where Camp Douglas would be, you'd see this a shopping plaza with a grocery store. Yet what happened here should not be forgotten. Camp Douglas was designed for 6,000 prisoners. At one time, there were 12,000 here. It became more dangerous than the battlefield. Because of the close quarters, there were a lot of communicable diseases that just went through the camp. There was tuberculosis and cholera and dysentery and smallpox. Author Kelly Pucci says some prisoners starve. Why would you want to spend money on food for Confederate soldiers when you've got, you know, your own boys to feed? And one of the, the worst um, offenders was Ninian Edwards, who was the brother-in-law of Abraham Lincoln. And just uh, because, you know, keep it all in the family, he got a contract to uh, supply meat. And the meat was rancid. and. People died and people got sick from the, the meat. So so Lincoln engaged in nepotism. Did he? Yes. Were there any consequences for his brother-in-law? Uh, a stern warning about not doing it again. Not much. One in five prisoners die here, so it's no surprise that many try to escape. The police officers of Chicago got a reward for picking up an, an escapee. So if you could convince somebody to escape and then you know, send him to a bar downtown, show him a good time, and then collect a reward for him. Sure. 
Punishment is severe, locked in the dungeon or hanged by the thumbs. A successful escape would need help from high places. There was a plot to um, let the prisoners escape and there would be warships on Lake Michigan and everything. But um, Alan Pinkerton, who was the first private eye, he got word of it, so he infiltrated the camp and that was the end of that. But they had to um, postpone the Democratic Convention for a while. Former Mayor Morris, uh, who was a Southern sympathizer, was behind it and he eventually went to uh, prison. The prison? Mayor Morris is confined in Camp Douglas. It becomes a bit of a tourist attraction. You could take the railroad out to the camp, have a picnic, and uh, chat with the Confederate prisoners. Why would they want to do that? I guess there was not much else going on <laughs> in Chicago during the war. It was just an oddity. Look, I, I guess that was the closest that Chicago came to the yes, Civil War absolutely. in a way. Absolutely, yeah, there are no battles here. As more prisoners die, another problem arises, what to do with them? Many are buried north of the city, where the lake simply washes up into the marshy burial ground. The funeral director was paid to uh, bury the Confederate soldiers, and uh, he took the money and then sometimes sold them to medical schools and just didn't put a body there. And some of those washed out also. The city wants to turn the old burial ground into a park, which becomes Lincoln Park. So what do they do with all the Confederate soldiers buried here? The soldiers are buried seven miles south of the camp in Oakwood Cemetery. Oakwood Cemetery was not in Chicago. Uh, so no, no Chicago cemetery would uh, bury Confederate soldiers. So they brought them out here. So in a sense, it's a mass grave. Oh, a mass grave, how absolutely. How many soldiers? 6,000, give or take. Just like sending the live soldiers, making it Chicago's problem, dead soldiers were also Chicago's problem. So what evidence is left? A photographer takes photos of Confederate prisoners so they can send home. When a two-penny tax is levied, some photos are left behind. After the war, the photographer's studio burns in the Great Chicago Fire, so most of those images are lost to history. The only remaining structure that is here during Camp Douglas, the old soldier's home. During the war, it serves as a hospital for soldiers, and after the war, it's a home for disabled Union veterans. Today, it's owned by the Archdiocese of Chicago. To erase any trace of the camp, the land is developed for housing. Groveland Park still exists. Groveland Park is also on land that was owned by Stephen Douglas. It has a little a house that looks like Hansel and Gretel's house, you know, it's the, where the, uh, the gatekeeper would be. Beautiful parks and it's meant in perpetuity, so they're not building lots of new houses there. It's, it's beautiful. But the most poignant reminder is seven miles away. You may not grieve for soldiers who rebelled against the Union, but in the confusion of Camp Douglas's horrible conditions, there are 12 Union soldiers buried alongside them, their identities unknown. It's another horror of war, like the walls 
and dungeons of Camp Douglas, identities disappear forever without a trace. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.